Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Okay, well, we have talked a lot about mindfulness, quite a lot, Um, but we're going to do an episode just specifically about it so that we can cover a lot of bases and talk about why we feel like it's important, talk about when we don't feel like it's important. I don't think there is a topic it's not important in, so spoiler. Um, And yeah, um, this topic is coming on not really the heels, more of like the curtails, the coattails of like a pretty, it it was a couple months ago, um, of, I took a mindfulness-based stress reduction class at the University of Utah. They do a lot of great work. Shout out to Dr. Mai, who taught out, taught it. Um, so essentially mindfulness-based stress reduction type of therapy, um, type of exercises is, really just putting you in contact with your body, putting you in contact with your needs, regulating, taking stock of what's going on and addressing those things. And essentially, if we get our body to be in a more calm, relaxed state, our mind, our emotions, and the such will also be in a calm, relaxed state. And that's our episode. Just kidding. (laughs) In the step. I think one of the things that I acknowledge as we think about this is that I still, after doing this for so many years, sometimes tell myself I am either good at mindfulness or bad at mindfulness. I give myself a very black and white score on mindfulness. You're versus... never black and white, Jan. I know. I know it's super, <laughs> super weird for me um, versus realizing that this is an area of continual growth and awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we do that, some people will I'm sure have already said, well, mindfulness isn't for me next episode, or this is one isn't, or I should definitely send this to my friend who needs to be more mindful. Yeah. That's my other favorite. This is one. good for them. Right. Um, or my loved one. But I, I just want to acknowledge that it's a lifelong process to be in touch with your mind and your body and your emotional state. And so this is always a good topic and always good to learn some skills and management techniques that come in. I think one of my favorite moments with a client uh, ever in my career was when he said he thinks it was the first time he's ever felt at peace in his life. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm sorry, this is it. (laughs) I wish wish that happened more for you, bud. Like it's, I I feel like those realizations are, they're nice, but they're also sad, at least for me. Yeah, for sure. It was a very bittersweet moment. Like this is so cool. You get to experience, but also like you are not young. No. Um, But I think a lot of us, especially with the hustle and bustle of the daily life, um, uh, there, I'd like to follow history on social media. Um, They broke down uh, feudal peasants work schedules and we work way more today than of course they did yeah, and anyway. futile peasants i can like feudal, claim yeah. that that i work more i work more than a feudal peasant is it feudal yeah, or futile with it with a d feudal 
Udall. Okay, yeah. sorry. The lowest of the low. Um, and so just with um, being constantly connected uh, with electronics, um, how, how many work hours we work, um, that, that there's just this constant low grade to mid grade chronic stress that we all live in because there's so much that demands our attention that I think without some kind of mindfulness practice or some moment in your day to slow down, that I think we're just so used to it that we think we're experiencing peace or comfort. And until we stop uh, that, we just don't realize we haven't experienced peace. And I don't think that that client's experience is unique. Let's also differentiate peace from numbing, okay? We accept peace as honestly numbing nowadays. Uh, Netflix brings me peace. Okay, no, Netflix helps me numb out. All right. Um, am I or your child? Oh, or ahead. the child saying they need to talk to their friend because it's calming. Yeah, it's the idea of we're talking about peace being wholly aware of your body, wholly aware of the emotions and what they feel like in your body, and being able to be. Um, I was going to say at peace with it, but. Feeling, feeling this is as good as yeah, it gets. Feeling balanced, <laughs> feeling balanced within that. And there's a difference in today's world when we describe peace. We are often describing things that we are being 100% entertained in all the time or distracted. Distraction is not peace. Distraction is a nice break from reality, but it is not a peace. It's not getting to that point. So we just want to also differentiate when we're talking about mindfulness. We are not talking about just distraction or we're talking about blank, no feeling at all. Like when people are sitting there doing yoga or sitting there and meditating and they're doing the hum thing, um, the hum, they are not feeling nothing. Okay. That's very big to notice. They are feeling feelings and emotions and sensations. They are not feeling nothing. And I think they often hear the phrase, clear your mind. No, we're clearing our mind from all the distractions, but we're not clearing our mind from what's happening. So just that's yeah, the OM like tickles your brain. Yeah. Without the om, getting more into it. Yeah. The OM tickles your brain. It gives you something to focus on. How's my body feel when I focus on this? How does this, how do I notice it? Right. And so a lot of my, especially when I worked with teens and I still have a few left on my caseload and. I'll talk with them and a lot of them go, oh, I love it. I, I totally do these things to bring me peace. And when they describe things, it's totally them just zoning out and numbing out. And I'm always like, hey, I'm all for a good zoning out every once in a while as well. But we're talking about being aware of your emotions. And I'll ask like moments of what does it feel like to feel relaxed in your body? Where do you feel it the most? And they don't know, right? So that's checking in with yourself of knowing, do I really know what peace is? Is the first question of, I think, mindfulness. For me, as I think about when I know I'm doing mindfulness versus distraction, and I'm really good also at distracting myself, but what I find is when I start to really feel stress, I can tell the difference. And I know that the distraction is not enough. It's not about just like passing time. It's about if I don't, and I'm using the term release something Mm -hmm. versus just distract myself from feeling it, then it continues to grow. And so mindfulness is about the experience with the intent to release. Because some people are like, well, I don't want to just sit in some of these crappy feelings. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm glad you don't want to sit in it. The other night, I'll give an example. I was feeling um, really intense anxiety, probably um, 
I mean, I haven't had that level of anxiety in a long time. And normally I will absolutely do a distraction, right? Play a game on my phone, like scroll Facebook or something like that. But I knew that that would not help me. And so I went and I laid down, I played some calming music and I just was breathing. And I will tell you, I decided when I stopped plotting my revenge or my comeback, I sometimes in my stressful state, I will plot really good comebacks. That is when I would let myself get out of it, get, you know, leave my mindful state. And it probably took me 25 minutes to calm down just doing all of that, but I wouldn't let myself pick up my phone. And I just kept watching my thoughts. And when my thoughts stopped getting angry and they started to be like, okay, well, maybe this and maybe that, that's when I knew that I was breathing better and I was feeling better. And so I like Haley that you brought up that it's not that we're not feeling anything, but we're very in touch with what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. So what does mindfulness look like? Um, We've kind of talked about mindfulness skills before. But I think one of the biggest things with mindfulness is something that's putting me in touch with my body and my emotions. I'm trying to help both of those feel in line. Um, Often with mindfulness, I recommend people, one of the biggest things is four square breathing, right? It's about learning how to control my breathing at even, you know, even intervals, knowing what it feels like to hold my breath and not feel anxious or feel like I'm about to pass out, knowing what it feels like to release my breath in a slow, steady manner, things like that, take it in at a slow, steady manner. Um, that's a great one that I'll often explain to people. It literally looks like a square. You breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold for four seconds. Um, and that's one of the first steps I usually teach people when we're talking about mindfulness. Um, And mindfulness essentially is just, you know, endowing you with these skills to know exactly what it is that you can do to keep track of what's going on with your body, right? Um, For those who've done EMDR and ART, a lot of that is mindfulness-based skills when we're talking about um, paying it. What does your body feel like? What does that sensation feel like? What does it look like? Put an image to it, work through it, right? Those are actually mindfulness skills as well of noticing and being aware of that. My favorite, my favorite part in EMDR is we're like, it moved. That's my favorite comment when we finish like an eye movement set and they're like, now it's in my pinky. And I'm like, cool. I know, right? The noticing of the movement is a sign that it's working. And I think that's one of those other things that we can pay attention with mindfulness. It's not the lack of things happening, but just the awareness that something's shifting. Mm -hmm. A lot of of yeah. Like my favorite is when they have a feeling in their stomach and it goes up and it goes to their neck and it, they're trying to get it out of their body. Right. I think that's great. That's you noticing that your sensations have moved around. Right. Also, when you have a good sensation and you can move it around your body and make it feel good all over your body. Like I don't have to just feel less stressed in this area. I can feel less stressed in all areas of my body. That's great. So yeah, mindfulness, those kinds of activities are great. Um, I even, you know, I talk about mindful eating. Very rarely do people eat mindfully. Most of us are just getting the job done, which is get this food in my mouth and have it nourish me and be done. Right. But how many times like my, this is a total LDS growing up moment. So our (laughs) food storage had dried apples in it. Okay. As a lot of people know, we Mormons really like our food storage. So 
my parents had these dried apples in the basement. Okay. Um, that was where we kept it. And us kids would sneak down and get some because we thought they were great. Um, I don't know about you, but when you're really hungry, you're not thinking about different things like, Hey, dried fruit expands in your stomach. Right. So you eat a bunch and then you have a stomach ache for hours after kind of Is thing. Is that why that happens? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you're eating this dried fruit and then you drink a bunch of water and then you essentially have like apple pie slosh in your stomach and it's the worst. And <laughs> it was not, it went in full and then it got fuller. And so things like that. So that's so funny. Yeah. So mindfully eating for me takes on a whole different meaning of like calmly making sure how does my body feel as I'm doing this thing. That for me is one of the best reasons why I personally like to mindfully eat as much as possible. Cause I don't know about you, you get really hungry. You put all this food on your plate, you eat it. And then two minutes later, you just don't feel it anymore. You just don't feel like you want to eat ever again. Right. So things like mindful eating, how does my body feel with certain types of food? I feel like a lot of um, ingestion issues and things like that could probably be solved if we mindfully ate a little bit and noticed, oh, this thing that I took into my body, that did not sit well with me. I probably need to readjust what I'm doing here, right? So it helps in a lot of different ways, helps you know how you feel after you eat sugar. Do I feel great or do I not, right? Helps you feel, okay, do I feel good after eating a bunch of ice cream, even though I'm emotionally doing it, right? Do I feel good or do I not? And I think those are where a lot of those kinds of tools and skills can be used. One of the things that comes up for a lot of people when they talk is they don't feel anything. I've had some people say, I don't Mm. feel anything when they go to their body. I would argue a, a lot of people at first. Yeah. So one of the skills that I actually recommend is then the sensory sensory skills. So you like the idea of what do you see, what do you feel? And then touch is a really good one. So five, four, three, two, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I really like the idea of for people who get really dis- disconnected from their body, I suggest ice, which is a very common, but that intense temperature, right? Either warm or cold, not mm-hmm. a not to cause pain, but actually just to ground you into your body. Because if you've ever been out of kind of disconnected and then suddenly you feel ice, you cannot think about anything else. I cannot confirm or deny that I've ever had ice thrown down the back of my shirt and it completely brought me into my body. Yeah. Did Matt do that? No, don't give him any ideas, Taylor. I'm very worried now that you've said that. (laughs) it'll all be good no I mean to be fair that's also where um we talk about mental health benefits and things like that uh my fiance really likes cryotherapy says it brings him a lot of mindfulness I hate it do not like being put in a freezer is he a white walker what's that oh game of thrones never mind yeah didn't do that um (laughs) talk other nerdiness and I'll understand it no but he does that we recently just had something open up. There's this place that's down the, down the way from where we live, where it's, um, it's, uh, the Nordic spa type of scenario where you go in and you do heat, you do like a sauna and then you go into a cold pool and then you go into a hot tub and then you go back into a cold pool or something like that. I don't know the exact way of doing it. So the extreme temperatures, I imagine you really feel. Yeah. And it's supposed to help with endorphins. And I've had a lot of friends who go do it. 
And they are like, I have been on this like emotional, like good feelings for the last like two days after doing it. And I'm like, interesting. So, I mean, I feel like that's really incorporated with this idea of mindfulness. It's about being very aware of your surroundings, very aware of what's going on. You can't just sit in a cold water too. And just be like, I don't want to think about anything because you're going to be awful, right? It's going to feel the worst. But if you sit in the cold water and you're like, okay, how's my body feeling? What's going on? I don't want to be too aware of everything, but I want to be able to like, how am I going to regulate through this? Right. That's mindfulness right there. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because interestingly, people that are uh, sick or chronically ill, we just did an episode about chronic illness. Uh, the more mindful that that those patients are or when they practice mindfulness, even though they really want to dissociate, the less uh, pain and the less uh, of their symptoms that they feel, the the more decrease in symptoms they experience rather. I want to point out that um, if cold's not your thing, warmth, you know, wrapping yep. up in a warm blanket um, and also um, weighted objects can be helpful with mindfulness. Um, mm -hmm. I don't... I think that what can happen though is too often we overuse those things. So I would really recommend that you use them as a skill and not as a constant experience. Yeah. And so with what you're describing, you're describing temperature, pressure, and texture, different things, right? Um, going, hearkening back to, you know, um, sexual health and things like that. There are, so fun fact, when I say that I'm a sex therapist, um, a lot of people go, Ooh, you must be doing all these really weird kinky things to, you know, talk about with clients. And I'm like, actually, I would say 95% of what I'm talking about with clients is mindfulness skills, right? Not just in their bedroom, but in their life, because what's ended up happening is often they don't have the mindfulness skills and they're expecting a great experience when they are being intimate with their partner. And then all of a sudden they don't, and then they look for the next best thing. And then they come to me or to another sex therapist and they go, okay, what's going on? And we have to literally retrain them to just be in the moment, right? So when we talk about these kinds of things, um, these skills are very much across the gambit. They can be used in all different areas of your life. But in the end, the majority of issues like Taylor's saying with, you know, sicknesses and illnesses, the same could be said about other issues, right? Sexual health. It can be said about, um, yeah, concentration issues and academic difficulty and things like that. Often Burnout check in. is another one. Burnout's huge. Yeah. If we're noticing that the, the tank is empty, that's another big issue too. But it's within all of these different things, it's really important that you check in, right? If you don't know how to do it, go take a class, come to therapy, do what you need to do. Us therapists go to classes as well and try to do what we can to learn more about what does this look like within my life. So it's, this is something that is wide reaching. I would say within every aspect of your life, it's touching it in some way. Along those lines, research shows that young people aren't the ones that are having the best sex. It's um, older people because they're sober mm -hmm. and you can't be mindful <laughs> when you're sober. Or when, when you're, you're not drunk, sober. rather. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny to me. I love that. Okay. Um, I, I think it's so important to just to like be present, like, 
I think about one of the things that helps me with mindfulness is getting out in nature. And I don't know if that is cliche because it's cliche or if it's cliche because it works, right? But I have found putting my feet on a sandy beach works for me, um, mm -hmm. even just being outside and feeling the warmth from the sun helps ground me. I often will take if anyone's um, hearing this in the background, Taylor is about to have his laptop die. So he's scuttling. <laughs> trying to save it. Sorry. Keep going, Jennifer. <laughs> I was okay. I, sometimes after like a really intense therapy session, I'll go outside and I'll sit in the sun or I'll do something out You'll in touch nature. grass? <laughs> I don't usually touch the grass, but I will like feel the sun and just kind of close my eyes and just be more present in my body. And it really helps me do those things. And so I find that... Um, you know, they have all this research about how being outdoors helps our mental health. And a lot of that is because we are more mindful than we are indoors and behind screens. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind that of, doesn't sound right. it's, <laughs> that doesn't, okay. well, unless it will kill you, you should do it. <laughs> and maybe you should try it more often. We'll see. Build up a tolerance. Build up a tolerance, buddy outside with an umbrella <laughs> yeah seriously be a victorian widower it'll be amazing um i yeah i think it's hard because that's like the full immersive experience is being outside right um they try to recreate it in so many different ways with vr and things like that but it's not really the same so it's good to notice those kinds of things skyrim's pretty close i hear yeah okay <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.